3. Welcome to our Good Friday service at Reformation Lutheran Church, Westminster, California. How we long to see you all again in this house, worshiping together. But we are grateful to the Father for many things, notwithstanding the ability to record Scripture and deliver it onto the Internet, that you might hear it as well. We pray that it blesses you. We pray that the Holy Spirit does the gospel to all who hear it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need.
For we know that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment for reflection and self-examination. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins as your called and ordained servant of Christ. And by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously, Behold this your family for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now our scripture readings. The first reading this Good Friday is taken from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 13 through chapter 53, verse 12. And this prophecy of Isaiah was written about 700 years before Jesus was born. And it foretells the coming of God's son, Jesus, and his mission on earth. Isaiah 52, beginning with the 13th verse. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering 
and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for all transgressors. Our next reading is Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet on a spacious place. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. <clears throat> For I hear many whispering, terror on every side. 
They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. The epistle is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and continuing to chapter 5, verses uh, 7 through 9. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with the 14th verse. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered And, once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 19, verses 17 through 30. John 19, 17 through 30. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. They, there they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. 
many of the Jews read the sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, and with the undergarment remaining. Now this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let us not tear it, they said to one another. Let us decide by lot who will get it. And this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and they cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it. They put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. There is only one day in the entire church year that's called good. It's not Christmas, though that is a very good day, a a great day even. And it's not all saints either. It's not even Easter. No, just today. It's not a sour day, a bitter day, a sad day. No, it's a good day. It's called Good Friday. And it's good because of what happened on that first Good Friday. It's good because of what Jesus did. The eternal Son of the Father, who was eternally in the bosom of the Father, who called everything in creation good and very good, was now dead. Now, that makes for a good day. Now, why is it good, you may ask? It's not good just because it happened. No, 
it's good because of what Jesus did and who he did it for. He did, well, he did an, it is finished. And he did it for you and for everyone else who has lived, is living, and ever will live. That's a good day. That means that Jesus has, well, it means that Jesus was forsaken for you, filled the cross for you, fulfilled his glory for you, was enthroned king for you. He was silent in death for your sin. He was silent in death for you, made you a part of himself for you. It means his blood is payment for your sin and my sin. All of salvation was done and accomplished. That's what Jesus did. And that is good. And he did it for you. Jesus has a it is finished moment and you have one in him. He brought you into his death and tomb at the font. Hear that again. You've had an it is finished moment. Jesus had that moment for you too. And when he brought you into his death and into his tomb in the font, he's implanted his final word into your ears and into your mind with his scripture, his preaching. He's opened up paradise for you in his absolution. Your sins are forgiven. He took the sour wine that you might drink the sweet wine of his blood. That's his final will and testament. That you receive even more forgiveness from him, proclaiming him the king of glory and his death for you and for all. Now, you are finished too. You're finished, perfect, complete, holy, Forgiven before your heavenly Father, that is a good day. It's not a sour day. It's a good day, a great day. Jesus on the cross, dead, and all for you and for everyone else too. That's really what makes it good. Not that he did it, but that it all happened for you. It really is Good Friday. Jesus finished it then. He he has finished it to you now. And it really is finished forever. In John 19.34, it's recorded, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. You know, We know that death began with the first Adam. And we know that Jesus loved him. He didn't want him to be alone. He created Adam's wife from his side. They had a perfect relationship with Jesus. He would walk with them. He would talk with them. He communed with them in the garden he made for them. And then they sinned. 
They listened to the preaching of the serpent. You can do better than God. All you need to do is eat the fruit that will let you be like God and know good and evil. And we know that death came from that fruit just as Jesus told them that it would. The law came into the world and sin increased and increased. And so did death. They were cut off from the tree of life so that they would, they would not live forever. They would be separated from the Lord Jesus. And then they would die. And they did. Adam and his wife died. Their kids died. Their kids' kids died. Death reigned and spread through violence and sickness and old age and suffering. Today, Jesus atones for Adam's sin. Today, Eve is made right with God. Their kids, their children's children, all the sons and daughters of Adam are made right with God today. On this good day, their sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world are answered they're answered for on this day. God himself takes on the punishment of, of Adam. He eats the fruit that they grew. He tastes the death itself. And in so doing, he destroys it from the inside out. Death swallows Jesus and can't swallow any other Adam for all time. Blood and water flowed from his pierced side. He's dead, but you live. You are washed in the water from his side. You are forgiven in the blood of the chalice. All that Jesus did for you is yours in the blood and in the water. It's over. Jesus is dead. God is dead. Finally, completely and totally dead Jesus' Lent restored Adam and Eve, and his Lent restores you too. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is accomplished, and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. That's St. John 1930. Now hear this. God does not lose he cannot lose. He is undefeatable. That is all part of being God. And on Good Friday, he is punched. He is mocked. He is denied, betrayed, abandoned by his friends and his father. Nails are driven into God's hands and feet. He is lifted above the earth. He is defeated. There is no fighting back, no glory overwhelming the darkness. There isn't even any resistance. Like the lamb before its shearers is silent, he opens not his mouth. God embraces defeat. It's almost like he wants to lose. He did not, well, he did want to lose for you. 
Because losing is the only way that he could save you from all that you and I have lost in the fall. He suffers for Adam's sin, for Adam's fall, for your sin, your fall, my sin, my fall. He takes it all upon himself and all of it dies with him. He cries out from the cross, it is finished. And all that it takes to win your salvation is accomplished. Every debt that you have, everything that you owe, every sin you should be punished for, and every law that God requires of you has been done and paid for by Jesus. Your sin dies with God. The Father's wrath dies with God's Son. God's anger against you dies with Jesus. So all of your pain, all of your suffering, all of your sickness, all of your defeat, and all of your death died with Jesus. Death died with Jesus. You were crucified with him in the waters of your baptism. Sin will never overcome you. The devil will never destroy you. Your flesh will never, ever rule you again. For the most that your enemies can do now is to kill you. And that's nothing because you already died in Jesus. Christ gives up his spirit. God gives up his life. The God who cannot be defeated is defeated to win your salvation. God who cannot die dies your death so that death will never defeat you. That's the good news. That's why this Friday is good. Glory be to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen.
And now, the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right now, I'd like to share with you something that I hope doesn't lose translation because this is just an audio. But pastors over the years have demonstrated Christ's words in it is accomplished or it is finished. And I tried to communicate to you today that that means that your death, it's finished because he defeated death. Your sins are finished because he paid the price and suffered for them for you. That it is finished. You have a place with him and the Father forever and ever. And in the past, pastors would read this part here and they would slam shut their Bible. And I'm going to do that for you right now. Close your eyes. Hear the words of Christ, the historical event. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Holy Scripture is complete. It was completed with Christ on that cross. In the name of Jesus, amen.